up, everyone? Thank you for tuning into Tethered, a podcast dedicated to helping followers of Jesus stay connected to Him day by day. My prayer for this episode is that it would encourage you, challenge you, and propel you to abide more deeply in Jesus. I hope you're encouraged by this episode. Let's jump right on in. What's up, everyone? Once again, this is your host, Joey Morales. I really appreciate you listening to episodes here on Tethered. If you've been impacted in any way by these episodes, please subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date on when episodes drop, and please share with your friends and family on social media how you share things. I would really appreciate it. For this episode, I am having a conversation with dear friends who have a heart for discipleship through entrepreneurship and how they have helped young people prepare for life. I invited my dear friends Joe and Andrea Woodward to speak about discipleship through entrepreneurship. Joe and Andrea are in their 10th year of marriage and have one daughter named Belle. They are members at First Evangelical Free Church in Wichita, Kansas, where Joe serves as an elder and Andrea serves in women's and children's ministry. After college at Wichita State University, Joe began his career at Coke Industries, and Andrea taught math at Andover High School near Wichita. Joe and Andrea founded an entrepreneurship ministry called Student Startup in 2017 and have helped more than 100 students grow their first business and prepare for adulthood. Joe and Andrea became close friends with me in college and have enjoyed jamming out to 116 music that is Lecrae, Trip Lee, Annie Minio, and others ever since. I am excited to have Joe and Andrea on this episode to chat about discipleship through entrepreneurship. Without further ado, here's the conversation I had with Joe and Andrea. All righty, Joe and Andrea, thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me. Um, thank you again for being on this podcast. I'm excited to have you both. Um, you guys are dear friends, and I'm excited to just chat with you about discipleship through entrepreneurship. So, yeah, just go ahead and introduce yourselves and what do you do for a living? And then got some fun questions for you as well. Well, Joey, we're, we're joining you live right here from Wichita, Kansas. Nice, even though I'm not there. Yeah, but we sure feel like you are. Even Belle, I don't know if you know this, Joey, but uh, she you are pretty much the only person she remembers staying in that guest room in our house. Mm-hmm. And so when we walk past that guest room, she calls it Joey's room in Joey's bed. Oh, no way. <laughs> so, That's you know, this is this is this is your place too. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's awesome. Part of the family. But yeah, Joey, good to be with you, man. Uh we're excited to talk about how the good news of Jesus Christ affects all of life and excited to jam out with you today, man. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So what do you guys do for a living? Go ahead and share with my listeners, like, what is your day job? Other things like that. They want to learn about you. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's so kind. Yeah. I, I'm Andrea. And my main gig is to stay at home with our two and a half year old daughter. And I just love being able to get to do that on the side um, for a few hours a week. I also get to work with this awesome organization called Student Startup, um, which which you'll learn a little bit more about too. Indeed. So we, we, uh, we are not only friends and marriage partners, but we're also co-workers in some ways. So we'll we'll get into that. But yeah, so I've got a day job. Um, I've been at Coke Industries since college. I've had a great experience. I love the organization, their values, their principles. I I recently moved over to the Stand Together Foundation, which was uh, founded by Charles Coke several years ago. I'm still um, at the office in Wichita. And then um, I've got a lot of freedom and flexibility to, to do ministry, church stuff, and uh, be involved in student startup as well. So good to good to be here talking about all of those things today, Joey. Awesome, awesome. So I got a fun question on here for you guys. Um, 
I took some time to think about this because it's like, what question can I ask Joan Andrea that's fun? And so I thought about this. Which game is better since you both love board games here? Catchphrase or the game? And then why? I'm going to have to say catchphrase. Love that game for a long time. It just, it, it always makes everyone so excited and it is fast moving and so, so fun. Lots of laughter, lots of screaming. I will say, yeah, you can only do it with a large crowd though. So I have missed uh, being able to do that as, as much here recently. So it's, it's hard to argue with your wife, period. It's also hard <laughs> to uh, argue with her great answer on that, Joey. The catchphrase is amazing, but I'm going to actually say the game may be a little better. And here's the Ooh, reason. All right. The, the game is a, it's a team game and it's you. It's everybody against the card game. And so, you know, Andrea likes all games because even in competition, she, she's, she's just a winner. But uh, the game is a place where we all win together or we all lose together. And so we're all kind of going in the same direction. So I, I've got a slight nod towards the game, but catchphrase is hard to beat as well. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing that. You know, what's funny is that um, as we're recording this podcast, um, I got a chance to introduce the game to some international students at an event that I went to this past Monday. And they were like, I don't know if I want to play that. And then with some of the other volunteers that served at this event, it was a pre-Thanksgiving dinner. Um, they were like, we don't get this. But once they started, like, oh, I get it now. And so it was a lot of fun. And so, yep, I would say the game is the the better game. But, I mean, to each their own. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Sorry so, that you're outnumbered, sweetheart. Um, <laughs> I'm with you, Joey. And, hey, y'all, if you have not heard of this, just Google it. It's like $8 on Amazon. And you can be as cool as Joey introducing new games to your friends. Highly recommend it. Um, I wish I could like sell those and make some money off of it because I, I, you know, maybe I could do that. But shout out to the game, bro. Shout out to the game. Yes, that's right. And then uh, here's another question I have. Um, just some three fun facts about you. Yeah, well, one that we always love to share is that not only do we have the same wedding anniversary. But we also have the same birthday. We were both born on May 2nd. <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny about that, too? My mom was also born on May 2nd. Yes. Right. That is. That's, That's a special way that we're all connected. That yeah, is a yeah. really fun fact. <laughs> so same birthday. We joke around. Same birthday, same anniversary. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's see. We... Uh, We've got an adopted daughter, two and a half years old. She is the sweetest, prettiest, most wonderful little thing in the whole world. We love her to death. Um, we have just, we've loved being her parents and we're so excited that God put us in the same family together. And gosh, honey, are we missing anything? What other fun facts? One of the fun things is right now is that we love to make up, make up songs. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. And our daughter loves to do it with us too. Jam mm-hmm. so. yeah, sessions. Right. Yes, that's yeah. right. Awesome. That is a lot of good fun facts there. Well, thank you for sharing those fun facts. And then again, I really appreciate you both just taking time out of your busy schedule to, you know, meet with me to discuss about discipleship here on Tethered. And um, I know it's like really late in the day, but again, thank you to both for making time. So to get into the episode. So we're going to talk about a concept called discipleship. So what is discipleship? So the word disciple essentially means one who embraces and assists in spreading the teachings of another, according to the American Heritage, American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language. So I personally embrace the teaching of Jesus Christ after being shown by somebody else how to follow him day by day. That man happens to be on this call right now. And that's mm. Mr. Joe Woodward. Mm. Love you, bro. Hey, love you too, man. So for some of you th- that don't know, um, Joe actually was the one that the Lord used to share the gospel with me for the very first time. He uh, led me to Christ. And that is something that I will always remember in my own personal life. Um And so I think it's important for you listeners to understand, like the person that led you to the Lord is it's just important to remember um because of joe's discipleship to me 
he essentially rubbed onto me what it means to follow Jesus moment by moment, learning spiritual disciplines and intaking that for myself so that I can rub that off on somebody else too. And so for me, like, as some of you guys know, I'm on, I'm on staff with crew and I get a chance to disciple some students and it's awesome to be able to rub off to them what Joe has essentially rubbed off to me. And so discipleship, what it essentially is, in its full essence, it's replicating yourself in Christ, of course. So you can show someone how to follow Christ. And then from there, they replicate themselves. So discipleship equals multiplication. And so according to the Ask Pastor John episode, what is discipleship and how is it done? It was published on January 25th, 2016. John Piper, a well-known theologian, describes discipleship in this way. Quote, a couple of observations about the word discipleship. The word discipleship never occurs in the Bible. That's interesting. The term is ambiguous in English. It can mean discipleship in the sense of one's own pattern of following Jesus and trusting him and learning from him. That is discipleship. It could mean that, or it could mean the activity of helping others be disciples in that sense of learning from him, growing in him. The second meaning, helping others, does have a verb in New Testament Greek, mafetuo. I think that's how you say that. Correct me if I'm wrong. But essentially what that Greek word means is to make disciples. It can mean preaching the gospel so that people get converted to Christ and become Christians and thus disciples, end quote. That was a long quote. But Jesus himself calls his followers to go make disciples of all nations. And you read this in the Great Commission as stated in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. The word go in the Greek implies as you go, meaning not just in the context of the local church, but in everyday life. And so what I'm saying here, dear listener, is that discipleship is a lifestyle. And so the guest that I have before you today they have the opportunity to exemplify this in the organization that the Lord has entrusted them with. So that was a long intro, but I feel like I needed to introduce this concept of discipleship. So Joe and Andrea, what would you say in your own words is discipleship and why is it important? Joey, I appreciate it. I mean, it's it's funny. Even as you share that, I'm like, ooh, I'm, I'm learning something, man. This whole idea of of as you go in the Greek from Matthew 28, that's really helpful, man. And uh, I think there's a principle baked in there is that discipleship is a team effort. Mm. And, you know, seeing God turn the light switch on in your life, Joey, being able to give you a, a gospel track and talk through it together after building a relationship in college and doing Bible studies together with Abraham, like, ah, oh, sweet memories. But I'll tell you, man, I actually think you've discipled me mm. more than I've discipled you. Just seeing your faithfulness to follow Jesus, mm. your passion. And so it goes both ways. So I would say that first and foremost, discipleship is a team effort. It's a group mm. project, as my friend Jordan Green likes to say. Um, I'll, I'll share a few other things, but I'll, I'll pass it to Andrea for a minute to, to hear your thoughts, sweetie. Yeah, I'm, I think discipleship is just following Christ's lead. He was he was a disciple and really still is to us through his word. And we just get to follow Christ and mm. leading others to do the same. That's good. Yeah, I love that. Because it's this, it's this idea of like, it's God's work. You know, we don't get to pick what our mission is as we are abiding in Christ. It is no mm. longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. It's continuing on mm. the work of the Holy Spirit in Christ. When you walk the earth, we today are the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, it's there. It's, it is, uh, as you, as you think about it, Joey, it is like a huge topic. It's, it's our mission. And what that looks like is, is, um, you know, 24 hours a day, 365 a year, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. I love that you mentioned abiding in Christ. And there's a reason why this podcast is called Tethered. Because what we have to remember, when we follow Christ, we are placing our faith and trust in the 
creator of the universe. Um, earlier today, I was studying one of my favorite I am statements. I am the good shepherd. And that is something that is so profound for me to be reminded of because Jesus Christ is our good shepherd. And the fact that this good shepherd allows us to be connected to him. He also refers to himself as I am the true vine. And so we're attached to him because apart from him, we can do nothing. And so discipleship in essence, help us continue to abide in Christ, which we'll actually, we'll touch on that here in a little bit, but here's my next question for you both. How has discipleship been important in y'all's life? You know, Joey, um, as we think about this idea of, of following Jesus, helping other people follow Jesus, mm-hmm. um, there's been so many different influences. Um, you know, the, the primary influence in my life um, has come through our local church, you know, um, being discipled every Sunday morning under the teaching of God's word with the fellowship of God's people. Um, I also had um, a pastor, Jeremy Krause, who spent one-on-one time with me in in college, which was amazing. And then uh, the third, probably most transformative discipleship influence in my life has actually been the discipleship that occurred through people that I've never met in person, through the books of folks like Trip Lee, through the podcasts of Chip Ingram, through the music of Lecrae, um, you know, he, seeing people, you know, bring to life God's word in, in, re- in ways that really connect with your heart and your soul. Mm-hmm. And so local church, in-person mentors, and also um, books and podcasts have, have been big time. Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree with a lot of those in my in my life as well, and and also I feel like just having parents who were believers was mm. a, a big deal in in my journey as well. They have discipled me for my whole life and continue to do so, and it encourages me to do the same with Belle too, to be mm. a, a model and example to her and helping her follow Jesus. Amen. That's a very good point that you made there, Andrea. It's something that we don't think about a whole lot, but, you know, something that I have to, you know, keep reminding myself if I ever want to have a family, like I'm called to disciple my family members. And it's really cool to hear that you already are doing that with Belle. And she's only like two and a half. That's, that's awesome. And so maybe share a little bit more about that for my listeners who may be interested in, you know, having families and, you know, why it is so important to disciple your own children. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we're, we're trying here. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know that, you know, you mentioned she is two and a half. So I don't know how so sometimes much. she says, no pray, no, no pray. <laughs> yeah. You just keep pressing, keep pressing on and hopefully, you know, and seeing all these little things over a lifetime, you know, that uh, will really speak to her. And, yeah. and but- also putting her in front of a lot of other influences too, who are speaking the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's the whole, like, um, you teach your kids to obey, um, their parents so that they can learn to submit to God's authority. And so just trying to model the character of God, you know, God is, um, loving, he's full of joy and he is gracious and he's wise. Um, he, uh, has, has rules and expectations and discipline, but it's always loving. And I, I see, I just see Andrea flourish in that way. You're so gifted in your discipleship work with mm-hmm. Belle. And then also just trying to make it as fun as possible. Like yeah, for singing sure. songs, reading books. Um, and one of the, one of my favorite things with Belle, again, she's two and a half years old. She, uh, she's got, she's very particular. Right. So dad's trying to read her book and she says, no, no, mommy read, mommy read the book. <laughs> and Andrew's just so good at the narrator voices and the theatrics. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. If I were her, I, I would want the best as well. Well, that's awesome. You know, what's funny is like, I'll never forget this. Um, since you touch on the subject about Belle, you know, one, one, as- I got to see an aspect of Joe and Andrea's discipleship towards Bell. Um, I've stayed at their place a number of times when visiting Wichita and 
I'll never forget this, but they would sing this song to Belle to put her to sleep. And it's just like, I tried my best to not tear up in front of, uh, in front of them. Um, this is the first time I've actually ever confessing this to Joe and Andrea, but it's like, man, that's, these are young parents and they're already pouring in the person of Jesus Christ into, into her life. And it's only a baby. And it was just so cool just to witness that firsthand. Mm. So I want to just, you know, commend you both for mm. discipling Bell so young. And, you know, it's honestly because of the grace and mercy that you've experienced through the Lord. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Mm. Thanks for saying that, Joey. Thanks for saying that. And the last thing I'll, I'll say just on that, on that question is, you know, um, college can be the very best time to go, go fishing, as they say. And Joey, mm-hmm. I'm just so glad to see you going back to the, to the, going back to the sea, going back to fish to, to bring more people to Christ. So thank you for your good work through crew. We are just, uh, just so thankful for your ministry there, man. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Another ask, another thing that I loved of what you said is the importance of the local church being involved in your discipleship. I actually um, talked about this with my guest, Noah Turner and Emma Taylor. You might remember them, dear listener, from the episode Students Assemble. And we actually talked about mentorship and discipleship. And that's an aspect of the local church um, that continues to occur even after, you know, one leaves a college ministry or some sort. And so I really love that you, Joe and Andrea, touched on the local church being involved in y'all's discipleship. So thank you for saying that. And so here's my next question. What was discipleship like for you when you were first discipled? Well, you know, for, for Andrea and I both, we had Christian parents, which is a really supernatural thing, you know. So our stories start with our parents being converted in very like exciting ways. Like somebody shared the gospel with them, and then they shared the gospel with us as as small children. And we we knew that we were sinners and we needed a savior. And so that that modeled for us was was huge. Um, you know, I also had the privilege of um having really good teachers at the Christian school I went to. My dad would clean the school at night so that my sister and I could go to a a Christian school and learn about God during the day. Um, And so, yeah, Christian parents, a good church, even a Christian school. I I, I sort of think about um, myself sometimes as like a spoiled rich kid, spiritually speaking, you know, we've Mm -hmm. been just so blessed with, um, spiritual blessings. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's something we're really, really thankful for. How about you, Ben? Praise the Lord. Yeah. So similar to you, I had Christian parents and a great church as well. That was for sure my early moments of discipleship, but to, to kind of speak to what, uh, what, what the other side may be that kind of one-on-one discipleship. I remember, uh, shortly after we were married, wanting to be discipled by an older woman and seeing a, a lady in the church, a young lady, um, kind of speak up at the front. And I was, I was really impressed with what she, she did there and a variety of other things. And so you encouraged me to reach out to her and, and start meeting with her. And mm. so, um, so that that was one way to kind of get started. I just saw Christ in this woman and I wanted more of Christ to rub off um, from her onto me. Mm, good stuff. What would you say to the listener who didn't grow up in a Christian home or didn't go to a Christian school? What would you say to them? Well, first of all, it gives you a unique perspective um, for effective discipleship, right? Um, what man meant for evil, God meant for good, Genesis 50 says. And so one is that's, that's an asset, right? Um, the, the power is in the message, not the messenger, but your own personal story can be really impactful. So mm. one is it's an asset. Two is, um, if you don't have a Christian family, get a Christian family, which is your local church. 
get some grandparents, get some, get some cousins, get some brothers and sisters in the local church. That becomes your family who is there for you, committed to you, um, in a, in a very like familial, uh, covenant, uh, type of way. Lastly, though, I'd say, um, you know, your parents who are non-believers, your, your brothers and sisters who are non-believers, God uses them in big ways. I think about the stories my mom had told me about, you know, the wisdom that her parents had shared and the way that God used the good advice of her parents, even though they were unbelievers at the time, to really shape them. So there's still a lot you can learn from your family, regardless of their beliefs. But you you need that spiritual nourishment from Christian family, which you can find in the local church. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks for sharing, y'all. Really appreciate you sharing that. And so here's my next question for you both. How has how has it been like um, making disciples for y'all? Well, you know, there's a, an element of Christ's example. Mm-hmm. I, I just I like to copycat. I <laughs> like to knock knock things off and put my own little spin on it. But Jesus seemed to have a formula. He, what his path was loving people through meeting their spirit. Uh, excuse me, loving people by meeting their physical needs, feeding people, healing people, loving people, um, and then giving them their their real deepest need, which was their spiritual needs mm-hmm. as well. And so. You know, the physical needs then were um, food, for example. Uh, most people that I'm around have plenty of food, mm-hmm. um, but they've got different physical needs. It may be a physical need for friendship. It may be a physical need for opportunity. It may be a physical need for um, education or something like that. And so we, we try as often as possible to, to lead with some of those physical needs, um, but understanding that just being kind is not discipleship. Mm. If the gospel is not involved, it's not discipleship. And so wanting to use those good need, those good deeds to share the good news as mm. often as possible. So I can give some examples of that a little bit later, but that's kind of in general, how we try to approach things. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, something that you mentioned, Joe, um, it makes me think about a passage here in John chapter 11 when it comes to meeting physical needs. Think of the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Um, Lazarus had an illness and he died. Um, and what's unique in this account of scripture is that if you look in the beginning of the passage, Jesus himself says the sickness is not meant for death, but is for the glory of God so that the Son of Man be uh, Son of Man be maybe glorified through it, and you know Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus like loved them, and loved Mary, Martha so much that he understood that they had a physical need. Like, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus was trying to show him a point that he is the one that will one day you know, resurrect. Of course, we read that later in the book of John and will defeat Satan, sin, and death, but he gets to show off essentially this nature of him by raising Lazarus from the dead because he asked Mary and Martha this question, which I'm actually, I got the scripture pulled up here. It says this, um, Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. Even now, I know what Ever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. And then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even as he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the son of God. And he who comes into the world. And so essentially what we see here is Jesus had this relationship with Mary and Martha. I mean, Mary was the one who sat at the feet of Jesus while Martha was like running wild. Like, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. Let's... But Jesus is like, Martha, Martha, you worry too much. Mary has chosen the good thing. And it's helpful to know that because... 
Jesus understands that they have this physical need or desire. And yet he uses this opportunity to show a spiritual reality, which Jesus is the resurrection and the life. What does this have to do with discipleship? I think what it has to do with discipleship is that there's people out there who have real physical needs. And as followers of Jesus, we have the opportunity to meet those physical needs, but we don't leave it at just that. They have spiritual needs too. And discipleship is important to show how one can find and fulfill that need in Christ. And so I really love that you talked about that. Um, Here's my next question to you both. I mean, I've kind of already alluded to this earlier, but how can one stay tethered to Jesus as a result of discipleship? We'll be back after a brief break. Hey, what's up, everyone? We really appreciate you listening to episodes here on Tethered. If you've been impacted in any way by these episodes, please subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date on when episodes drop. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, will you please consider rating this podcast in your favorite podcasting app? Please leave us a comment. Finally, please share this podcast with your friends and family on social media or however you share things. We would really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Tethered. Now back to the episode. Yeah, I mean, one way um, to stay tethered to him is to to be like him, to do what he he does. And um, Christ was the greatest disciple maker of all time. And we, uh, when we are on mission with him, that tethers us to him. Um, to, to do what he does make disciples. Yeah, Joey, it reminds me of the very first Bible study we ever did together. Uh, we started in Romans chapter 12, which is um, sort of the executive summary of what it looks like to be a disciple. And it starts off by saying, in view of God's mercy, which summarizes the first 11 chapters of Romans, in view of God's mercy, mercy offer your bodies as a living sacrifice this whole idea of I'm going all in. And there's this um, there's this theme throughout the Bible where we see verses like Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We see things like, um, you know, uh, I believe it is in, uh, let's see here, Galatians that says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, the life I, I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God. And so I think it's this daily surrender is really like the point here where we invite Jesus when we put on the the armor of God and we ask him to to live in us. And then I, I'm really convinced that a big piece of this is you want to get close to God, um, you know, proximity. So getting close to his word, getting close to his people, you know, the church is the body of Christ. And so, um, you know, getting leaning into God himself. Um, through his people, through his word, through his spirit, um, really is that tethering process that that you're so good to um, hit on there, Joey. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I really love what you have to say. It's essential for us, you know, to stay tethered to Jesus and discipleship can help you understand what it means to abide in Christ because someone is showing you what it's like to be abiding in Christ day by day, moment by moment. And it is important for one to learn from somebody else that is, you know, more mature in their faith and been walking for a long time. Like it is important for you, dear listener, to get under someone that can help you know what it means to abide. Because as we discussed on this podcast before, abiding in Christ is not just going to the Bible and reading it and trying to get a Bible reading plan done. Now, I'm not dismissing that you shouldn't do that. You should definitely do that. But are you meditating on the scripture? Are you feasting on it? Are you thinking over and over? 
And the person that is discipling you needs to show you how to do that in an effective way that causes you to go to God and worship for enjoying him and glorifying forever. So thank you, Joe and Andrea, for answering that question. So here's going to be the next subject I want to talk about. And so obviously you both had mentioned that you started a, a nonprofit called Student Startup. And so why don't you go ahead and share with my listeners what exactly is Student Startup? Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I'll try to give you the short version. So Student Startup is the internship for entrepreneurs. There are a number of places where teenagers and college students can go to take a class about business, but there's almost nowhere for young people to go that will actually help them run a business of their own. It's this idea of you own your business, but your business doesn't own you. It's this idea of that you are in business for yourself, but not in business by yourself. And so what we do is we connect young entrepreneurs with a caring mentor to provide business coaching. We um, provide startup capital for their um, business needs. And then we also help them get customers, which is kind of our, our secret sauce. And so our whole goal is to help students learn about business, uh, learn about the world through running a business of their own, and then use mm-hmm. that for discipleship. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Tell us more about that because yeah. it's definitely an interesting concept. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's a relatively new way of doing things. Uh, we've got a couple partners who help us do this, but um, to date, we've helped um, a little over a hundred students start their first business. Mm. Um, we really target lower income students who may not have as much access to social capital, startup capital, um, business coaching, things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, the hundred students that have um, grown their business through student startup have earned over a half a million dollars in sales as well as listened to over 200 audiobooks. We've seen several professions of faith. Um, and it's just been really, really neat to see. Um, it's been nothing but a, um, or it's been anything but a smooth journey. There's been lots of ups and downs, good days and bad days, but the Lord has been faithful to use the ministry to meet some physical needs and hopefully meet some spiritual needs along the way as well. Mm. What am I missing there, sweetie? That's the basics of it for sure. Yeah. Which that's actually really cool. I didn't realize that. Yes. They made a lot of money. But at you know, the same it's, time, it's hard, you know, because, you know, there's this quote that says the things that count the most are the hardest to count. So yeah. how, how, how easy is it to measure like a transformed life? Um, but if we say we're helping them grow their business and they're not making any money, that's an indicator that maybe we need to turn up our game a little bit. So we, we do track that to see if we're doing a good job meeting those physical needs, you know. And it's at the same time, professions of faith. It's really, this is a unique thing that y'all started. Like this doesn't, I don't know of any, any anyone else that does this, um, which actually leads me to my next question. Why was Student Startup created? You know, I remember being 19 years old and there was this kind of convergence of several different things I was learning. Um, you know, oftentimes new things. They're not actually new. They're just new combinations or new ingredients, um, putting things together. And I remember being asked this question by my college pastor, Jeremy Cross. He said, Hey Joe, do you know what the main message of the Bible is? And, you know, I didn't really know maybe love, love God, love others. He's like, no, man, you should open up first Corinthians 15. The main message of the boss uh, of the, of the Bible is the gospel that Christ died for our sins. He said, do you know what the main mission of the Bible is? It's like, well, I don't know. I'm trying to be a good person. I, I don't know. It's like, well, open up Matthew 28, the Great Commission, go, go and make disciples. So we knew early on that we were called to make disciples. We were also really interested in, uh, in discipling young men. And we had tried a few different things. We had tried kind of coffee shop discipleship, which is amazing, but sometimes it's hard to get a young guy who doesn't love Jesus to sit across the table at Starbucks and gaze into each other's eyes and talk about our feelings, talk about Jesus. Um, Oftentimes, you know, when we're actively doing something is a place where real relationships could be built. So we're like, all right, well, where, where are young men? A lot of them are at work. 
And so how do we how do we use vocation as as that platform? So we had this like, all right, we want to make disciples. We want to use work. Um, and then I was also sitting in a lot of my business classes learning about different franchise models. Uh, Wichita is known for having a lot of different historic franchises like Pizza Hut and White Castle and others. Um, Freddy's Frozen Custard that have come out of Wichita. And so I was learning about all of these different franchise systems. And anyway, this business model of trying to fill the gap of helping student-owned businesses get customers, coaching, and startup capital Mm -hmm. that converged with the um, discipleship focus. And then lastly, I was in Fellowship of Christian Athletes when I was running track at Wichita State. And it was sort of this affinity group where athletes got together to talk about Jesus and you know, there's a lot of folks who entrepreneurship is kind of their thing. And we wanted to create a space where mm-hmm. folks who didn't know Jesus could come in and um, get their entrepreneurship needs met and, and also um, get to know Jesus as well. So that's a little bit of, of the why behind the what. Oh, that's awesome. This concept of entrepreneurship is an interesting concept because it seems like everybody now is wanting to become an entrepreneur. And so... Of course, if you're listening to this episode, you know what an entrepreneur is, but you may not understand what entrepreneurship itself is because it's so much more than just owning a business. Maybe, Joe, since you've had a lot of experience in this area, maybe you can help my listeners if they don't know really the like concept of entrepreneurship, maybe helping them understand this a little better. And then why this specific uh, a specific model um, for student startup? Yeah, well, Joey, it's a good question because a lot of people do assume um, that entrepreneurship is only owning a business, and it's much more than that. Sometimes, if you're entrepreneurial, you'll, you'll realize that you can create more value being an employee for somebody else, but you can do that in an entrepreneurial way. I see you, Joey. Um, doing ministry in an entrepreneurial way. You're creative. You're 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 meeting people's needs. And so, the the most concise definition that I've heard about about what entrepreneurship is is it's solving problems for profit. Solving mm-hmm. problems for profit, and that illustrates the win win nature of business. Thinking about Chick Fil A, you know, who's getting the better end of the deal? Chick-fil-A who gets my $5 or Joe Woodward who gets this incredible experience, this amazing sandwich. We're going to have to like take a midnight run right here and get, get some Chick-fil-A. That's right. Get Amen. Let's go. Chicken. Get the last um, chicken. That's right. <laughs> that's right, man. Um, and the answer is both parties feel like they're getting the, the better end of the deal. Mm. Um, I would rather have that chicken sandwich. They would rather have the, the $5. And so from a spiritual sense, though, think about this, you know, there's two big principles in scripture. One is to serve people and love your neighbor. Another one is to steward resources. So, right, solve problems for profit. Well, what is profit? Profit it, profit is one measure of value. And so think, thinking about this, as we are serving people, one way to serve, one way to measure how well you're serving people in business is your revenue. So the reason why Chick-fil-A can charge Five bucks for a sandwich, and Burger King charges two fifty for a chicken sandwich. Is because the Chick Fil A sandwich serves people better. All right. At the same time, we're stewarding resources, so there's only so much time in the day. There's only so much oil in the ground. There's only so much, you know, um, you know. There's there's limited resources. So if we steward things well, those are known as costs. When you when you have your revenue, how well you're serving people minus your cost how well you're stewarding resources. That's called profit. It's called value. Mm. And it's a measure of how well you've um, stewarded God's creation. Not a perfect thing in any ways. There's of course crooks out there, but that's mm-hmm. our view of like the purest form of entrepreneurship. Mm. Amen. That's good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. That's a lot of business terms that I'm not really too familiar with, but at the same time, it's helpful to understand that. And so thank you for sharing that with uh, with me and the listeners here. And so why the entrepreneur model for students start up? You know, the there's really nothing special about entrepreneurship. Um, if we were good at medicine, maybe we'd do something medical. If we were good at music, maybe we'd do something musical. If we were good with construction, maybe we would do that. But it's we just saw a need, and we um, experimented. We, you know, 
we originally started with these grand plans of how we're going to get a bunch of money and serve a bunch of people. But we started with just two students Hmm. to see if we could like actually like experiment and actually serve them well. And then we grew to six students and we grew to 20 students. And last summer we, we've had about a little over 60 active students in the program. And um, so we chose entrepreneurship. One is because, you know, just there was a need out there. But the other thing is we, we think there is something redemptive about entrepreneurship. Hmm. Um, You know, so often, uh, youth ministry can be attractional and what they use to attract people to Jesus is oftentimes like consumption. Mm-hmm. So come on in here and have a good time. Um, but there is something I think that's redeeming about helping people to like attract them with pr- productivity. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so when we're teaching people to be givers through their work, through their vocation, um, we do think that is a missing piece for many people in society. And so it's, we're a little biased, but we do think it's it's helpful. And, and then lastly, I would say it's really just a way for a modern parable. So everybody in Jesus's day, like they understood agriculture. So when he said, you reap what you sow, people are like, oh, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. And so when we teach entrepreneurship and we talk about like long-term profitability, and then we say, hey, you guys know like long-term profitability is what matters. Well, let's see what Jesus said here. What does it profit a man mm. if he gains the whole world and mm. loses his soul? So we want to use the entrepreneurship and then use that as a parable mm. to um, the teachings of Jesus. That's pretty cool, actually. That's I like how you tied the word profit in there. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> we are a non-for-profit um, organization. We try to be prophetic from time to time. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. That's that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Joe. That's a really good insight, actually. Um, Thanks, bro. I'm just yeah, teasing. I know you are. <laughs> All right. Next question. How does discipleship play a role in the vision of student startup? Yeah. So I think a lot of it happens pretty organically, mm. which which is um, has been a really cool thing to see. But just in the in the structure of having uh, older students or volunteers take these students out to do their jobs and to train them to run their own businesses. There's a lot of um, sort of this natural kind of teacher-student situation they're placed in. A lot of those volunteers and staff people and older students are believers. And so they Mm. share, share their life and share um, their spiritual journey with these people. And I think that is where a lot of our, um, a lot of our growth that we've seen and some new believers we've seen come, come from those types of things. That's right. That's right. And really, Joey, I'm going to have to steal this from you, man. When you, I just keep coming back to Matthew 28 and he says, as you explained so, so effectively, it's, as you're going on your way, that's, that's really exactly what Andrew is talking about. So trying to get people there. And then also, um, you know, we're, first of all, we're always trying to figure it out. We have monthly meetups and, um, we usually try to include an element of that as, mm-hmm. um, as spiritual growth, but it's usually a pretty small portion. So we'll teach about a concept like choosing wise partners. Um, and maybe we'll talk in Proverbs a little bit about how, the companion of fools will suffer harm, but the companion of wise will be wise and try to turn that one step further to how we have an opportunity to become one with Christ and have him be your partner. You get all of his assets. He gets all of your liabilities. Again, there's so many of these like parallels from the business world there. Um, and then the, the last piece is a lot of our students have, um, whether they're mowing lawns all summer or they're um, cleaning homes or washing windows or making art, they've got some time to, to listen to audios. And so we encourage them to, we actually were kind of, you know, primitive, but we incentivize the students $50 for, per book for the first three audiobooks they listen to, mm-hmm. um, to, to grow themselves while they're working. And so oh, wow. they will, we usually encourage them to listen to one book about business growth, one book about um, 
spiritual growth and then one book about um, kind of general leadership growth mm. as well. So we try to work that in. Some students aren't interested and that's okay. We still love, love them and serve them too. But we, we would just be doing a disservice if we only taught them how to make money today and not what will matter a hundred years from now, you know? Yeah. It seems like student startup is one of those organizations that really helps people that, you know, like you mentioned earlier, primarily low income people understand that there's a purpose for their lives. That's, you know, as they're looking at their life, like there's no way I'm going to get out of this situation. And you're essentially Mm -hmm. offering them hope both in the physical and the spiritual aspect. Mm. There is something of Joey about it. When somebody is able to use their gifts to serve others, Mm -hmm. it provides a level of confidence and openness. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird. For for example, a neighbor of mine several years ago, um, I remember like we weren't really friends and I, my truck died. I was driving an old truck. My battery died. And I said, Hey neighbor, you know, I really need some help. Could you help me jumpstart my truck? And it was so funny. He's like, Oh yeah, man, I got you. He comes on over, he jumpstarts my truck. And mm-hmm. we just had an instant connection because mm-hmm. he was able to use what he had to, to serve me. And it's this, I don't know. I joke around that because it's more blessed to give than to receive. I should always let Joey pay for dinner. Mm-hmm. But in a very real way, I do think there's something special when you give other people the opportunity to contribute. Mm-hmm. It, it provides a level of openness and confidence where um, you can build relationships quicker. Um, that's just sort of something we've we've experienced when these students are able to see they're good at something and they've got money in their pocket. Uh, they're 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 pretty interested in hearing more. Hmm. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. You know, something funny that you mentioned that you mentioned in my own life. Like I have this student, a disciple and, you know, his name is Michael and shout out to Michael, by the way. Um, Michael, Michael. But there are times when, you know, <laughs> this is so funny because I always buy him things and he's like, Joey, bro, I just want to buy you something. And the reason I share that is because like, like I'm always like pouring into him and yet he's learning from me. It's like, okay, this guy is different. I want to give back, but not as not to pay me back, but to replicate what I've been doing for him. He's essentially like, Joey, let me just buy you something for once. I'm like, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I have to allow him to do that. And so you're kind of saying the same thing. Like a lot of these students are learning, you know, because you're teaching them how to be generous, how to be good stewards. And in return, they just want to, you know, return that favor, essentially not to pay you back, but like, Joe, you've impacted me. Can I just, you know, take you out to -hmm. dinner? Can I just Mm -hmm. buy you a meal? You know, I love that you said that. You know, Joe, you synthesized that so much better than I did. That is, that's right, bro. That's exactly right. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. All right. Next question I have for y'all. What is your hope and prayer ultimately for student startup? Well, hey, man. Ephesians 2.10 says, um, you know, we've been saved by grace for good works that God has prepared beforehand for us to walk in. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to be faithful to walk the path that God has for us. We have the sense that um, student startup ha- may have the capability to um, take what we've experienced with our church, being able to serve kids um, in the neighborhood and help them start businesses and meet physical needs and share Christ. We've experienced that through our church, through our through our partnership um, mm-hmm. in using student startup. We think this has the potential to help local churches do faith and work student ministries mm-hmm. in all 50 states. That's kind of our big, hairy, audacious goal, as they say in the books. Like I, I, That's our big goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? We're a long ways from that. We kind of thought we'd be here. We, we'd be there by now and we're, we're not, but it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, 
so often people want to scale mm-hmm. um, and really faithfulness is, should be the goal. Like, are we just serving the people really well right in front of us while at the same time looking for ways to tweak the model so that it can like impact a lot of people in a deep way? Um, there's so many things out there, Joey, that don't really work. The worst thing you can do is scale something that doesn't work. Mm. But um, like taking the time to learn and practice and and pivot, um, our hope is that that will create. And again, God will do what He wants to do. But our hope is that God will take the model and 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 do a lot. You know, maybe it's a hundred thousand students in 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 the next five to ten years. We we don't know. Yeah. Um, we're, we're trying to be be ready for whatever He does. Because you basically want to offer students across the country the same hope that students in Wichita have been able to experience for themselves and be able to replicate that replicate that I mean, essentially. You're you're right, bro. And you know, we see a gap, like we see a physical need gap mm-hmm. that every career field has some sort of internship. Mm-hmm. Teachers do their student teaching, doctors do their medical residency, accountants mm-hmm. do a summer internship, engineers do their do their deal. Um, but one of the reasons why we believe uh, 80% of small businesses fail is they haven't had an opportunity to to practice before they go all in. And so this mm-hmm. internship for entrepreneurs, we think there's a need mm-hmm. and boy, you know, so if we don't do it, somebody much, much better will do it. But we just, we have confidence that God tends to use the less than average people because mm-hmm. um, it makes him look better. And that, yeah. that's kind of our, our our hope is that he'll have mercy on some poor old folks in Wichita to try to meet that meet that need. It's a, it's a necessary need too, um, especially in our day and age where you know it's uncertain what will happen. But we are so thankful that we have the Lord who is sovereign and He knows exactly what is best for us. But what y'all are doing is you're equipping students that again come from those backgrounds that they feel like they have no purpose identity, but you're giving them that hope both in the physical way by allowing them to learn what it means to start their own businesses, but also gain knowledge about how to work hard. So if they ever want to start their business or if they go into the workforce or if they get called into ministry, you're showing them the skills necessary to be fruitful in that. And I love that you talked about leadership development because that is an area where, you know, a lot of young people need to be encouraged to grow in, um, especially in our day and age where, you know, there's a lot of men that are, are not being leaders. And, you know, my encouragement to you, dear listener, is like, especially if you're a guy listening to this, like, we're called to be leaders. All of us are called to be leaders. And so I talked about this with Lance on Nuggets of Truth about servant leadership. And, you know, I, I love that you two are an example of servant leaders towards these students that are coming into student startup and wanting to learn not only, again, how to operate their own business, essentially, but they are growing in their knowledge and wisdom of the Lord as a result, and maybe come into faith, which is Mm -hmm. awesome. And you're doing this because, again, it comes back to this one central reality. There are physical needs in this world, and the gospel can be able to meet those physical needs and the spiritual need that we all hunger for. And that is the bread of life himself, Jesus Christ. Let's go, bro. Let's go, man. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And so here's my final question for you both. I think it's important to ask this since, again, this podcast is all about staying tethered. So how do you stay tethered to Jesus as a result of uh, discipleship through entrepreneurship with student startup? Like, how do you two personally stay tethered to Jesus as you're investing in the lives of these students? Yeah, personally, I think... I think it makes us more accountable and um, and have a greater desire to 
do what the Bible asks us to do and to serve Christ when we have people coming into our homes and mm-hmm. watching how we run our business. And um, I think it grows our hospitality and humility and uh, the amount of grace that we give others by mm. by being in being a discipler and student startup, I guess. You, you know, Andrew, it's so funny because I was going to give some like super spiritual answer. <laughs> and, you know, the reality is that some of the times when I'm most tethered to Jesus is when I really screw up. Mm. And, you know, God is near to the bro- to the brokenhearted. He, um, he has, uh, what, what does it say? He, uh, God opposes the pow- the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And sometimes when we're trying to do ministry, um, like we just really see our inadequacies, Mm. you know, Um, and we, we see our failures and we have to repent. And uh, that, that keeps me close to the Lord um, because we have a kind and gracious God um, with very high expectations, but even higher grace. Mm. And so I feel like, doing ministry, doing work together, doing something that, that is not easy and it's not simple, um, challenges us. We fail. We, we, we receive God's grace and we're even closer to want to, want to go do, do more. So I'm with you on that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, something that you mentioned, Joe, about like you, you're more tethered to Jesus as a result of, you know, when you, screw up i've been reading this book um it's called gospel wakefulness by jared wilson and it's been an eye-opening book for me because i never knew until i read this book that every person goes through gospel wakefulness at some point in their walk with the lord what does this have to do with discipleship and entrepreneurship you may ask and how does this relate to what we're talking about as far as staying tethered to Jesus? I think it's important for us to remind ourselves that we're all broken and needy, and we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And sometimes God has to take us through a season of absolute brokenness in order to understand how much we need him, how much we need to be delivered from our sin. And only Christ can do that because of his death and resurrection. And so discipleship can expose somebody to the reality that they need a savior. And so as you're mentoring people, as you're helping people understand what it means to truly follow Jesus, just remember, dear listener, that it's important for you to recognize that we fall short, that you fall short. And we need the Lord to rescue us from the pit of despair. And he gets into that pit with us and takes us out of that pit. And that awakens us to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about what you shared, Joe and Andrea, is like you're getting a chance to do that. I mean, of course, personally in your own lives, but also towards people who are considered the least of these. Joey, I'm inspired, man. Hearing hearing your good words makes me want to like push even harder, bro. So thanks for your good work on this podcast. It's been a joy to spend some time with you virtually. And uh yeah, man, just keep keep pushing, bro. Keep pushing. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. So any final thoughts on what we talked about? Um anything else that you want to share? with the listeners. Yeah. Just grateful to you as well. It's been a really good exercise to just think through these questions. I think these are important questions to ask. So thanks Uh, for asking them. Yeah, Joey. And I just want to go back to something you said early, early on. I've repeated it five times already, but this, as you go on your way, as you go make disciples and like, that's what we're doing through entrepreneurship and through our family and through our local church. But y'all, like, that's really not that complicated. Like, you can do that in any context you're in. So keep pushing. God is with you. 
Um, and uh, Joey, thanks again, bro. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then Joe, I have to share this quote because it makes Let's perfect go. sense. But if you all, if you listen to the episode extra, extra, read all about it. I quoted something that actually came from this man, Joe, and I will never forget it. I mean, I always like to say it to others and. It's just important for us to know, like, if we're making disciples and you feel like, man, this person is not coming to faith when you're doing evangelism or that person's not growing. We got to remind ourselves of this truth. We are in the sharing business. Yo. God is in the saving business. Amen, dude. Amen. Amen. That's right. Yeah, and that's why I call this episode We Are In The Sharing Business because what Joe and Andrea are doing with these students is just sharing the good news and providing them physical ways to experience maturity through just what they do and in hopes and prayer that they can come to know the Lord Jesus. Because God himself Sorry, go ahead. God's, God's, God does the saving, man. That's exactly what, what you were saying. Yes, dude. And it gives us like no pressure. Like he's going to score a touchdown. Let's just keep, keep throwing passes, man. Let's just keep, keep throwing passes. He'll get it in the end zone for us. Hey, Amen. Thank you, Joe and Andrea, for coming on to this podcast. I really appreciate you. I know it's like uh, almost like 11 o'clock when we're, as we're recording this, but thank you for being willing to stay up late. Um, I'm sure the listeners are going to be really blessed by what you have to say. And thank you again for making time for this. And so um, happy new year to you guys listening to this. And we will see you next time here on Tethered. God bless and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Tether. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Please also tap the subscribe button to receive notifications when new episodes are published. You can also follow Tethered on Instagram by clicking on the link in the episode notes. Hope this episode has encouraged you, built you up, and blessed you. To God be the glory. See you next time. God bless.